Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Okay, everyone, I want to tell you about a new app, um, which I'm actually shocked is the first of its kind, as nowadays is an app about just about everything from identifying constellations in the sky to getting some help to hang a picture on the wall. You can find an app for But until now, there has never been an app or a dating app specifically designed for single parents. But now they do, and it's called Stir. I mean, I think this is absolutely genius because Stir is a place where single parents can just be single. Stir is where you can get excited to share on your first date that you do have a daughter in third grade. And Stir is a place that you don't have to apologize for having a crazy schedule, which I think all of us understand. Stir is the app designed for singles who just happen to be parents. Download Stir or tell your single friends just to try it out. It is absolutely genius. As single parents, we go through so much. I mean, I know I'm not single anymore, but having sort of even just a stepfather role in my house, you know, you do have to understand you can't be sexy all the time or you're late for everything because the children come first. And, you know, anyone that knows single men at my age, they're used to being selfish and they're not understanding of these things. And I, you know, I have so many girlfriends that have to hide the fact that they have children. So this app for me is absolutely genius. And we all understand that responsibilities can be really hard for single parents. And this is just a welcoming space for you all. So download the app and get going today. It really is a place to hang out and even just share your child problems and have a laugh about how hard it is in this day and age. So happy dating. And I hope you find your match on Stir. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm so excited today to be joined by fellow former Real Housewives and fellow podcasters. We've got so much in common. Welcome Tamara Judge and Teddy Mellicamp. 
So it's so nice to have you both on Divorce Not Dead. I'm so excited. Thanks for having us. We're both divorced. So this, all three of us. So we are, you know. Wait, what do you mean you're divorced? You're not divorced. I'm divorced. I'm married. I'm remarried to oh, yeah. my husband. We've yes. been together 13 years, but I was divorced as well. Ah, okay. I didn't get that far with you. I didn't, I didn't know you were divorced before. Okay. Well that first, my first question to both of you is since leaving housewives, what are you both up to? Then we'll get to the, I want to get to the, the divorces. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So for me, I am, I still have my gym cut fitness. We, I opened up a CBD company three years ago, my last season on the show. So that's doing amazing. And of course, our podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. Lots going on. Lots going on. For me, I still have my business all in by Teddy. We are a health and wellness program that holds you accountable to your fitness goals, which is what changed my life. I used to, you know, I've lost over a hundred pounds and it's something that is actually been sustainable for my life and actual lifestyle change versus a diet. And now we've changed over 20,000 other lives. So that's super exciting. And so, yeah, that's my job. And then also, I mean, to recap housewives with Tamara being part of my job is a pretty great. We get to come on, watch TV, have a chat. And (laughs) it's more fun on this side than it is on the front of the camera. (laughs) Yeah. How did you end up together? When I was on Housewives, I had a podcast with iHeart, which is still who does my podcast. But in my contract, it said I could never talk about Housewives. So we, you know, we'd have on speakers. It'd be about anything. It could be about narcissism. It could be about keeping spark in your love life, no matter what it was. And then ultimately, once they didn't renew my contract in Beverly Hills, iHeart was like, will you start talking about Housewives again? now that it's not in your contract. And I was like, now, and she was like, what if we got somebody else that was a, you know, a fired housewife? And I said, only if we can get Tamara judge. No and way. I, you know, we'd hung out a couple of times and they were like, okay, nice try. You know, do what you got to do is call her and see. And I called and, you know, a couple of weeks later we had a contract done and the rest is history. Yeah. Okay. So what is the scoop? Why did you go both get fired? Cause I mean, Teddy, you were just easing into it again. Like I felt like, yeah, I know I was on for 12 years. And, yeah. I, we really don't know. I don't personally know. There's talk that maybe my contract was too high. It was too expensive. Maybe they wanted to freshen up the cast. I don't, I, I really honestly don't know. I, my conversation with Andy was like, listen, Bravo wants to do something a little bit different this year. Just hold tight. I'm sure you're going to be back. So, and, and that's it. So I don't know. Would you go back? I, w- I was I was actually demoted to a friend, to a lesser role, and I didn't. I chose not to take it. Oh, okay. And for me, I would say, you know, my first season was gr- like everybody was, you know, super supportive of me. My first season, and they were really nice. And and then ultimately, I had something go down with one of the other housewives, and she ended up quitting the show because of it. Lisa Vanderpump. And I just feel like from there on out, I was only shown in a particular light. Like you didn't get to see my family. You didn't get to see my relationships. You only kind of got to see me in drama. And I think that if you only see one side of a person, it's not interesting. I think that you should go back as a friend. I, I'm not interested in going back as a friend. <laughs> you go back as a friend. <laughs> I, because you are such good friends with everybody. That's the difference. Yeah, I, I, you know, I went back one time and I filmed a dinner like I got paid that like fee to show up 
And I felt really gross afterwards. Like, I think it's one thing to be a part of the cast full time. But when you go back, it's just like in a little snippet type of way. Then all of a sudden production's still coming to you and wanting you to do the same things you did when you're a housewife. I'm like, I'm like, I got to pay the day rate to come here. I'm fine. I'll just sit here and eat my food. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, you both look like you're thriving now and having fun doing it. So, you know, I mean, coming on from where we've all been through, I mean, Teddy, you, you've been married 13 years. Yeah. We've been together 13 years. We've been married 10. Amazing. And you're like couple goals. Oh, thank you. We, I, I, you know, like all couples, we have our highs and our lows, but I think what we've both, you know, gotten to the point where communication is so key and it's something that, you know, takes work. And ultimately, if you're going to work on your relationship, then you're going to grow together instead of apart, I think. And you guys work together as well, like I do with Sergio, right? So, well, I mean, he has a completely different business. I mean, during the pandemic, we worked together because we didn't really have a choice. Like we're all in the oh, same I house. Did the wellness kids- company together. Sorry. No, he has his own company. He does home automation and security and he's all across the United States. Oh my God, he must and- be very busy right now. Yeah. So he is a busy, busy man. So no, we have separate businesses, but I, you know, he's been an entrepreneur since he was 15 years old. So I go to him constantly for advice on my own. So how did you meet? So you got divorced. Tell us a little bit about your backstory and then we'll go to Tamara so that we can sort of just see the difference in your divorces. I think people just hearing other people's stories and journeys and both of you look so happy now in your own lives. It just gives other women, I think, such hope. So I moved to LA when I was 17 and I started working at CAA, which was a talent agency in the mailroom. And I was significantly younger than most of the people that were working there. And so all of my girlfriends were, you know, older than me and they had all kind of gotten to that stage in their life where they're meeting the person that they're going to marry. And I, you know, had some fun when I first moved out here and then I met a nice guy and You know, he was older than I was, not significantly older, but still in a different place. And we ended up getting married and I don't regret it. I have so much love for him. And he was, you know, my best friend. But ultimately, that's where it stopped. To me, I personally think I was too young and didn't know what it is that I wanted. I hadn't become the person that I ultimately wanted to be. And we just kind of grew apart. And it was what society told you you should at that age. Yeah. I mean, it was to the point my dad even said to me on our wedding day, he was like, we love him. We love you guys. We know your best friends. He's like, I realize there's 250 people here. But if you want to call it off, we're not going to be mad at you. And I'm like, why would you say that? I love him. He's my best friend. And he was like, shit, I would have died. He goes, I just know. He He's like, I just know. I know you think you're doing all the right things. Wait, how long were you married? I mean, it takes six months to get a divorce. I think we were married a year. And then it took, you know, a year and a half, two years, like not very long. You managed to get in and get out pretty unscathed. I, I knew when in my entire life, you know, I rode horses professionally and, and traveled around and it got to the point where we'd only see each other one day a week and I wasn't making an effort for it to be more and he wasn't making an effort to come to me. And it was just, it wasn't where I saw my life going and it wasn't where he saw his life going either. And it just was one of those things, like it on, neither of us had anything. 
So when we got a divorce, literally our next door neighbor and the condo we lived in together was like, oh, I know I'm a lawyer. I can help you guys. We did the paperwork and we just submitted it and we never had a fight. It was more just like, you know, at the end of the day, the fact that I don't want to come home on my day off to see you is not a good sign. And the fact that you don't care is also not a good sign. (laughs) No. Let's take a little break from the show and talk about Truebill. I know that a lot of you have heard me talk about this time and time and time and again, but it really is bloody genius. Do you know free trials renew without your consent? I mean, I've literally just hired a new accountant uh, now after actually learning about this app because I didn't know half of this and my children signed me up to God knows what. With Apple Pay, I'm always at this point um, being signed up to some sort of new game, some new skin. And it's the business's job to scam you, to get you to keep renewing without your consent so that you don't notice. You know, they are greedy corporations that just pocket your money. So download Truebill to take control of your own subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Well, I couldn't believe this. I thought that was absolutely insane. Because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there whenever you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has already two over 2 million users and helped save them over $100 million, which is just an outrageous number. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today with Truebill.com slash DND. Go right now, Truebill.com slash DND. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash DND. Let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Sif Hyder, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. Remember to subscribe. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. So see you then. Tamara, you had a completely different experience. I know that you had a bit of a shit show. I had a big shit show. Yes. I mean, you've come out the other side, actually. I have. Because I mean, we all got to watch yours really long time. If you watch The Housewives, you saw it play out on national TV. I think I asked for a divorce, which truly asked for a divorce right there in that limousine <laughs> on camera and moved forward with it after that. So we knew, I mean, we had a, a bad relationship from the get-go. Like we, I don't even know what kept us together, but we would fight. There was police involved. Do you think it was the children, just the children that kept you together for that long? Prior to even having kids. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Prior. It was it was a really bad relationship. Ended up getting married and it it just got worse. That's all it did get worse. Of course, having children, you're in a different mindset where I was not so worried about myself being unhappy, but now raising children 
And then we did have some good times. We had some great times. We had a lot of bad times, but it would go up and down. And then when we got on the show, I never for a million years would think that he would want to want me to be on the show because he was more of a traditional, more controlling type of husband and did not want me to go out without him. Definitely didn't want me at a bar if he wasn't there. Like he was very strict and, and controlled my life. And I think the show gave me, I mean, I did have my real estate license, so I could, if I wanted to move out. But at the time my kids were little, the show gave me that stability. It gave me that income, which wasn't a lot. Now, remember when I started, my first year was nothing. I got paid $6,000 or something like that. So (laughs) totally different. But by season three, um, we knew going in that this was not going to work out. And we tried to act for the cameras like everything was fine because we wanted to do this off camera and that didn't work. (laughs) So our divorce was very public. He had communication with somebody in the press and he was feeding them stories. I was labeled monster mom. He tried to take the kids away from me. He put in his declaration horrible things about me. Yeah. I want to ask you about the kids because I I see that you've had like a terrible time with them. I mean, I think you're quite close to your son now but with your daughter and going through all that, was it, was it just him in her ear? Why, why, or how did it get so off keel? There was a, there was a lot. I mean, I don't like really talking about it because she doesn't really want stories to be written about it. But at the time, you know, they were little, he was saying things to them that he should not have been saying. So it kind of pulled her away and he tried it with the other kids as well, but they didn't buy into it. Because she was the youngest. Is that why no, she, she was the oldest? Oh, she was the oldest. Okay. Oldest. Yes. So it, it put a big division in our family where my daughter went to go live with him. 100%. My son eventually came to live with me for full, you know, full time. And now my uh, youngest daughter lives with me full time. So it's even to this day, it's, it's gone up and down. We got close for a, a brief time and that's when he was diagnosed with cancer. And the whole family kind of rallied, even, you know, my side of the family. And we were there for him while he went through his treatment. And then we got into another huge fight after he was stable. And it was about my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter. So we're back to not talking again. So it's it's just gone up and down. And it's very stressful, very stressful. But I found love. I am happy. Clearly, we've moved on. But it's been probably one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. And, and Eddie, so how did you find him? Because he seems, I mean, I watched uh, your whole divorce unfold on TV. So, you know, and it was quite uncomfortable to watch because he was, it was sort of tantamites abusive to you on the screen and the way yeah. he spoke. And, you know, from what I've seen as in, in your new relationship, you've gone for an absolute polar opposite. Polar opposite. I, in fact, I had, I had problems when we first started dating for like the first year. I didn't really feel like he loved me because he didn't try to control me. And my mind was wired that when somebody loves you, they had to hold you down and hold you back from doing what you want to do. And he let me do whatever I wanted. You know, go out with your friends, have fun. I wasn't, he wasn't jealous. He didn't he own me. Yeah. He didn't feel like he owned me like my ex did. So it was hard for me to maneuver through that. I'm like, do you love me? Like, you're not telling me what to do, <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah. And then, I mean, now like he loves me. I love him. We have a very easy relationship. It's always been super easy. Of course, we don't have kids together. So I think that's one of the biggest struggles in marriages is raising children. 
And for us, we're just, you know, of course he has my kids and he's a great stepdad, but a lot of our time is just having fun. We work together, we live together, we sleep together, we're best friends. <laughs> it's, it's just been a very different relationship than any relationship I've ever been in. Let's take a little break from our show today and discuss Cozy Earth. Um, as you know, I'm a massive fan of my bedroom. I do most of my best work and I talk to you guys from there. So my bed and my sheets and my pajamas and even my towels are super, super, super important to me. I can't stress it enough. We spend most of our time in this room. This is where I can hide from my children. I can hide from my life, especially since I've moved into an apartment with no doors. My room is my haven. And I have found Cozy Earth, who craft high quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth. So you can get a restorative sleep and create your own sanctuary and recharge from the comfort of your own home. You cannot say enough about this, people. It's softer than cotton. And I don't know about you, but my I'm kind of like the princess in the pea. You know, sheets itch me. And so I really do need soft, soft sheets. And I don't want to spend crazy money on it. And they're made from sustainable viscose from bamboo fabrics, which is amazing. So, you know, they're just so natural. Cozy Earth is also temperature regulating. And right now I'm in the middle of an IVF cycle, so I am burning up, which means it will keep you cool and comfortable all night long. And I live in Dubai, so this is just genius for me. And they come with a 10-year warranty on all their products, which I never heard of ever. And a 100-night sleep test. So this means that you can try them for 100 nights. And if you don't love them, you can send them back for a full refund. So you have no risk at trying the pajamas, the towels, the bed linens, and get a cozy night's sleep just like me. I absolutely love this company. Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for all my listeners today at 35% off site-wide when you use the code DND, which I think is incredible. So 35% off site-wide when you use code DND. So um, happy shopping. But I think what's so interesting about your two divorces is, you know, just showing people knowing when to get in and out. I mean, t Teddy, it, no matter how hard it is to be able to, you know, cut it there, you could have gone on and just sat, which is what a lot of women do. And just because it, it wasn't terrible, there was no awful thing that yeah. happened. It yeah. was just not right. And I think people stay with, and, and I think knowing I, I, that's one of the number one questions I get on my podcast is how do you know when to get out? Because, you know, will I find somebody else? And, you know, unlike yourself, Tamara, you were, conditioned from a child as I was that, you know, control in, in old school marriages is how a marriage should be. That is how you should. Yeah, I went to boarding school, so I've always been told what to do. And then I went to a husband who told me what to do. And that felt very yep. com comforting to me. But now it's now I'm like, absolutely no fucking way. Yeah. I used to cry to my mom and I, I'd be like, mom, how do you know when to leave? And she goes, you'll know when to leave. And that's all she would tell me. You'll know when it's, you're going to leave and you'll know when it's time to leave. And she something told me, just snapped. it was funny because she had told me, she goes, be prepared though. He's controlling. He's going to try to take the kids away from you. And she knew right, right from the get go. And she goes, and I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that Spencer, because he's the most like his dad is the one that's going to leave. 
Well, because kids and money are the only way to can still control still people. control you. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's why what you did, Teddy, was so much, you know, easier when you've got no children, you've got nothing else. That's the time. And, that, to run. and that's ultimately why I knew in, in my heart of hearts, I was like, you know, as much as I love this man and I care about this man and he has been the kindest man to me that I ever had known. I didn't want to have kids with him. I didn't want I I just only really cared about myself. Like, how's my career doing? What's going on here? And and I realized that when you are in a partnership that you you want to be in, you're not solely thinking about yourself. You're yeah. thinking about the bigger picture right. in some capacity. And, you know, I, I also truly believe for those of you who are stuck in a situation that you're scared to leave, you will meet the person that's right for you when the time is right. Like I had just gotten my divorce I was at a restaurant with my girlfriends the day after Christmas, kind of like feeling a little bit down, just like, well, how this is the first time I haven't had Christmas with, you know, my my ex-husband. And I met Edwin 20 minutes later, you know. Yeah, By the way, know. I think divorce could be anything you make of it. I mean, and it's so much of it is down to us. I mean, Tamara, not not in your case, maybe. But, you know, if the woman doesn't freak out and obviously there's terrible lows and, you know, highs and there's all different things that you go through when you're trying to blend families and start again. And, you know, Eddie's probably, I mean, I'm sure a saint because I know what my new, new husband yeah. had to go through to get to where he is today. So, you know, and, and my ex-husband isn't yours. So I can't imagine what Eddie, what hoops he's jumped through for you. Yeah. I mean, he's done a great job in the fact that, you know, when you get divorced and there's a struggle from one parent trying to take the kids away from you, your parenting, your ability to parent is a little off because you're so afraid of losing your kids. You're trying to do what you can to keep them and you don't want to piss them off. You don't want to upset them because they're going to go run to dad. And by the way, they know that. That's the terrible thing. Yeah. Dad's telling me that you're a horrible person. Yeah. Yeah, They use... it's two households yep. and then they report to the other one. Yep. And that was Eddie's biggest struggle yep. was he's like, you need to be tougher on these kids. You need to give them more chores. You need to get do this. And I'm like, but you know, one just left me and I'm afraid, you know, so that was always well, been a huge Sergio struggle. Sergio says that to me and I'm like, look, you only have them for a week. Oh, I'm going to yeah. give them the chores as soon as they walk through the door. No. So it's absolute. You end up Oh, Eddie would. Spoiled brat. Eddie would. Okay, guys, I get to weigh in on this because I come from divorced parents who we would have to split up like, you know, the time half and half. And what I can say I appreciated the most was when I had the most stability. So I know that we think the chores and all of those things are going to make your kids not want to be with you. I craved stability. Yeah. As a child, I would go back and forth. And then, you know, your parents, they can't help themselves. They'll throw in those little jabs every once in a while and call you the other parent's name or whatever it may be. And it it just happens when there's like residual anger. But as long as you feel stable as a child, you're going to be, you're going to want to be with both of your parents. It doesn't matter if you give them the chores, if they do those types of things, like they love you. And if you, if you feel safe, that's yeah. what you want to be with. But a lot of times, you know, the children are going through their own thing in their head and wondering, you know, does mom love me? Does dad love me? Do I want to do this? Then they get rebellious. And now it's like, I'm not going to do this. I'll go live with dad. My kids never said that, but I've had, How I've old had was so she many when she people. said that to you, because the, your, yours really is an extreme case. You really don't. It's an extreme it case of often. parental alienation. 100%. She was 14. It's really, really difficult to sort of 
grasp because, you know, going through through a divorce myself and obviously, you know, my ex-husband said terrible things about me at the beginning and we, we've stopped, you know, doing any of that. But, you know, the kids were right in the middle of it at the beginning. And no matter what, and because I was the one that had the partners, you know, sooner and he still has it, yeah, I think. Same you know, here. Yeah, so everything gets blamed on you, and you're that you're the bad one. You're the reason it, it, it and it's really nothing. Yeah, mom I, I, cheated I maintain, on me. Mom doesn't yeah, love you. But it's like, nothing to do things. with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. you know, people seem to think that you know the moment on Instagram you split up is the moment that you know, or you've met a guy. That's the literally the day you left your husband. Right. Like, absolutely <laughs> right. not. No woman on the planet loses her life the same day she meets another guy. You know, if you've been married as long as you were, Tamara, I was, you were, not you, Teddy, but, you know, I was married 18 years. I didn't just wake up and go, oh, there's a hot guy, you know. Yeah, Yeah, I was married 11 years. I actually met Eddie through a mutual friend that we had, and he lived in the same complex, but he was the same gated community, but he was, he bought the house that we're actually in right now as an investment. He was just going to flip it, you know, it was when the market was hot and then the market took shit and he was stuck with the house. So we've had it off and on as a rental. We'll come back to it. We'll rent it out depending <laughs> on what's going on. We like to flip houses, but yeah, it was the, probably the worst time in my life. Like I just remember looking back at even on camera, seeing my face and seeing the stress in my face when everything was going on. It was hard because it was something I didn't really want to talk about on the show, but it's something that was so like hurting me so bad that I would lash out about, you know, something totally different because I was sad about what was going on with my divorce. And well, I mean, we saw, we saw so much of it, but we, I never understood the, the, you know, what was happening obviously because you couldn't say anything about your daughter, but it is such a, a terrible, terrible topic for women as well. And I'm sure it happens more than we know about. I mean, it happens all the time. I think you were talking to Adela on yeah, my show. I was talk- yes, I was. I was yes. talking to Delhi. Totally forgot about yes. that. Well, she hasn't seen her children in probably 13 years. Oh, it's wow. so heartbreaking. Yeah. But I did a documentary when it was fresh, I don't know, maybe six years ago. And she really opened my eyes that the producer was a, a child that was alienated and had no idea that her dad was actually, or her mom, I can't remember what it was, was actually a good person, but missed all that time. So she's really educating people. And I was really you know, promoting it, but my daughter got mad about it. She's like, don't, because every time you talk about it, then they do stories about us. And I'm like, you're right. So I had to really back off of that, but I really wanted to help other people and make it, you know, this is something that happens all the time, all the time. You know, it happens in so many, so many different spaces. I mean, I actually, I I had, I mean, not, not to this degree, but I had a a chat to Susan about her relationship. She's got a complicated relationship with her daughter you know, to be the daughter of a very famous person was also a lot of stress and, you know, went the other way. Obviously, everything the mother the mother does is wrong or oh, why is everything about my mom and never about me? And I get that, too. So I think, you know, bringing up daughters anyway is not easy. And they're always the at, I mm-hmm. mean, I guess, you know, you've they're always in a way gravitate towards their fathers. They're always the apple of their dad's eye. So I guess, you know, True. on top of that, you're fighting with mother nature. And the 14, I mean, I know from my daughter was the worst year I've ever had with her. I, I could say it was, you know, it was literally sunny outside. She says it's raining. You know, I yeah. buy her a T-shirt. 
I blood, you know, you're the worst. I hate it. And then you give her the same t-shirt. She's like, oh, look what Tamara gave me. It's amazing. <laughs> so, that, that about sums it up. Yeah, yeah that but, sums it up. But they grow out of it. Never had that issue with my son, Spencer. We've always been super close. And he actually came to me and is like, mom, I got, I have so much to tell you. And he told me everything that was going on at his dad's house. And he says, I can't, I can't live there anymore. And I said, well, then you need to have that conversation with your dad. I can't have it. I always wondered, did he not have that conversation with his sister? Well, my, and then Sophia, my other daughter, who's 16 now, she's my youngest, you know, she would at the ripe old age of like, I don't know, six, cry and just say, mom, I will never leave you. I will never do that to you. She saw how bad it hurt. And she's like, I'll never do that to you. And her and I have been super close. And of course it's, it's, done damage. It's done damage to her as well. Of course. Well. Are they all close as, a, as, as siblings? Yes and no. Yes and no. So they, it's, it's more like my daughter lives out of state. So they will chat once in a while on Instagram or whatever, Snapchat or whatever they do in text, but they're, they don't see each other a lot. You know, it just, it sort of baffles me because I know that a lot of these things are done to hurt the spouse and to ruin their lives, but you ruin so many other people's lives you in ruin the process. The, yeah. I mean, it's not just me no, that it's not. she wouldn't speak to. It was my entire family. It was her grandparents, her um, uncles, her aunts, her cousins, everybody. But you know what, Tamara, it, it's, it's actually going to, one day she'll wake up and say yeah. exactly what you said. I've missed so many years, or maybe her grandparents will have passed or all of these things that we take for granted. Right. And you yeah. can't get the time back. And that's that. You and can't. we all know as we get older, because we all feel like that. So we have, we have that sort of knowledge to know it will happen at some point. And, you know, she will have really hurt herself in all yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, it's not normal for a child to turn their back on a parent. No, it's just not. I mean, even if you see kids that are dealing with parents that are drug addicts or whatever, they still love that parent. Yeah, they do. So it's, it's a very extreme case. Well, that's so why, I, you know, I, that, that's what, you know, watching it on uh, TV, that's what was so hard to ever gauge because you saw this one person, then you heard all this behind. And as you said, like on the planet, I've never heard of well, very few daughters that leave their mothers, right? Really leave their mothers. Like, you know, Adela's story and things like this. You're like, it just doesn't happen. So you're, you're racking your brain to go, how awful could she be? What did yeah. she do to her? Oh, yeah. No matter what. Yeah, most women won't even talk about it because they yeah. feel, because you hear more about kids turning their back on their dads. You hardly ever hear it about yeah. kids turning their back on their moms. Yeah. And moms don't want to talk about it because it's almost like, you're like, oh my God, I'm a horrible human being. My own child doesn't want to speak to me. Yeah, of course. You know, and that's what people think. Oh God, what did she do? Yes. She must have done something. So do you, do you yeah. find yourself constantly having to explain yourself? Not anymore. I think prior I did. And that's why I even talked about it on the show. Cause I felt so like embarrassed and ashamed. And I think one of my cast members are the ones that brought it up. I, I had no intention of talking about it. My kids weren't on the show anyways, but then it became public. And then, you know, he would try to take me to court every time I sneezed. So that would be, it's always public. You know, everything you write in a declaration is always public. And, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the truth either. You can write whatever you want. And I feel like that's what he was doing. He'd write horrible things. I don't feed my kids. I don't bathe them. I don't do this. Then it got filed. And then within a week, you know, it's all over the tabloid. She's a monster mom. She doesn't do this. She doesn't do that, you know? So, and then when we get to court and the judge would say, where's the, where's the information? Didn't have any. 
She doesn't take the kids to school. Well, here's the kids' school records. They she missed better. two days in one year. Do you well, think it's revenge I, for your happiness? Or one hundred percent? Why yeah. men yeah. take so much? You know, it takes a lot to hate. It, it takes, takes a lot. lot of energy to hate. Yes. Yeah, and they're, it's their own ego. It's not even most of the time about the kids. Right. It's about feeding their own ego. It's still about the control. How can I hurt her now? Yeah. This will be the way to yeah. do it. I mean, my advice to most people going through a divorce is just love your children more than you hate your ex. Because the more you talk badly about your ex, it's going to affect the children. Not him. He doesn't care. Yeah. It's the kids. They get hurt. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really, really important place to sort of end it and just say, you know, exactly that. I, I always say there's no winners in a divorce. You know, the lawyers, no. you know, really try and keep communication because if, if any of them, any of this can sort of be a takeaway to people listening. Tamara, you were tied up for years dealing with this. Yeah. And, you know, lost years, valuable time. Luckily, actually, you've come out stronger, better and more in love. And, you know, you, Teddy, by absolutely sort of standing your ground and understanding that you were in the wrong place early and getting out before you sort of had all of these attachments to each other that is impossible to get out easily, sort of did yourself a massive favor, which a lot of women don't do. And if you do find yourself in a relationship with a very controlling or narcissistic man, you know, it's much better to try and jump early. Yeah, 100%. I I get a lot of emails still to this day, like, how did you get away? Oh, it was easier for you to get away. You had money. And the truth is, I didn't have money. I was on my third season of the show. That is one of the biggest, biggest things I hear too. I literally was selling my clothes on eBay to make rent. I got an apartment. It was $1,700 a month. It was two bedrooms. It was on the third floor. It was the cheapest I could get and quit his job. So he wasn't working. So he couldn't pay me anything. And um, the show was off season. And literally, I think I was making 50,000, 75,000 a year, something like that on the show. And 50% of that goes to taxes. So it was nothing. So I I think I borrowed $10,000 from my mom and kept that in the bank. And I started selling my clothes on eBay. It's, it's a cop out. Look, obviously, if you've got three kids, you're stuck at home and you've got nowhere to go and you don't have a job, which I always, always say to women, whatever you, whatever you can do, stay in the workforce, whether you marry a billionaire or you marry, you know, the bloke bloke next door. It's not, if it's not in your bank account, it's not yours. So, you know, always maintain a work ethic because look, as anything is possible, if you have the right attitude and you can hustle. And I think all of us, no matter what, doing a a show like this as well, you can see the hustle in us. You can see, you you know, nobody Mm -hmm. puts themselves out there as much as we have all put ourselves out there without having drive, determination. It is not easy to do what we do. It is not as glamorous. You know, it's not easy to, to, to be, you put yourself up for everybody to have, to judge you. Judgment and yeah. yeah. In every part of your life. I know that you, Teddy, had a fa- have a famous father as well. And everyone looks like poor little rich kid. And it's it's just not so. It doesn't mean that you get to lie on your bed with a giant trust fund and not do anything. You work bloody hard. And I think, you know, that it really goes to show about like how you are parented because we all are in the public eye currently and we're raising kids. I have to be very aware of the things that I have my kids doing. Like for me, the game changer in my life was sport. 
the fact that I had something from a very young age that I loved and that I could sink myself into, you know, like it was something that I could become obsessed with. And it taught me how I have a lot of drive, because if not, you will sit back and rest on your laurels. That's exactly it. Finding your passion in life girls and not taking no for an answer. Who wants to be stuck in a loveless marriage because you can't afford to get out and you don't need to have millions in the bank to get out. You just need to have a brain on your, you know, in your head and an idea and something you love and a passion. And once you have a passion, you can turn that into drive and a job. So, you know, thank you both for inspiring us and inspiring me. I think both of you have done amazingly well. And I think that, you know, a lot of women will get a lot of sort of hope and drive from you both. And um, I love your podcast. Thank Thank you you for for having us on. And uh, next time you come to LA, we would love to see you. And uh, we can't wait for Dubai to start airing. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I will get swap numbers. All right, girls. Thank you so much. Love, love to speaking to you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 